What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are going to talk a little bit before we get to our replay of the OBR's Twitch, Ask the OBR, a lot of OBRs in there. Uh, we're going to real quick talk about day two of training camp. Again, very light and uh, not a ton of uh, live action, which is you know good for clips and things like that. But the Browns are keeping, they're kind of ramping this thing up slowly. Uh, so, you know, they're in shirts and jerseys and shorts and very much fundamental-based stuff, very much uh, mental side of things, which John Johnson spoke to the media outside of his spicy quote about, you know, just a better vibe around the team this year. Did talk about how the communication is better, how the guys know where they're supposed to be, line up, react, all of that stuff, which is great considering some of the leaky stuff that happened in the secondary last year. But it's just, it feels like they're spending a lot of time focusing on running stuff on air, being in the right place at the right time, making the right, uh, you know, pre-snap call, post-snap decision, all of that stuff before they really get going. And a reminder, they'll be in pads on Tuesday, live practice for the fans on Saturday, but in first day in pads is Tuesday. You have seen that the tight ends... Uh, offense and defensive linemen, and I believe the linebackers are also wearing the Guardian caps. The Browns have a white, and ironically, uh, in Cleveland, the Guardian cap is a big sort of helmet protection that is meant to lower the impact of helmet-to-helmet hitting by 20%, which is anything you can do to help reduce the impact of helmet collision in any form, uh, practice, whatever, it's, uh, it's meaningful. So they're wearing those, I believe if I read this right, they're wearing them through the second week of the preseason and that's not a game. They're wearing them in practices, contact practices, uh, actually any practice, not not whether contact or not. They're wearing helmets. They're wearing them at those specific positions. Again, they will not wear them in preseason games, but you'll continue to see those helmets being worn, those caps over top of the helmets being worn. It's kind of a goofy look. I'm sure the guys wearing them hate them because it is a goofy looking thing, but you're looking for extra helmet protection, extra head protection, and reducing any amount of those hits that are non-impactful, non-game-based is always good in my opinion. So uh, you'll see plenty of those. Guys who are off the field today, David Bell continues to be rehabbing that foot. Hope to be, see him back soon. Sheldon Day rehabbing the back. Denzel Ward rehabbing the foot. Anthony Walker, the groin. And Jack Conklin, the knee, working him back in. Uh, the big news of the day is Anthony Schwartz leaving with what appeared to be a knee injury. I think it's a little more serious than some of us understand. Uh, I think that uh, they're going to be very cautious with this thing. Uh, anytime you, you deal with a knee, he did walk off on his own, but you are cautious about... Uh, some of the stuff around a knee. So we'll see what shakes out, what it actually looks like. But that's tough for Schwartz going into an important second year. You hope he doesn't miss too much time here. It's not something serious. If it is, I'm going to talk about this with Andrew Spade on the on the episode here in just a minute. Uh, you'll listen to where we, we kind of address that I think they need to go get somebody. And this it ramps up the opportunity for Demetrius Felton, obviously, for some of these other people, Jamarcus Bradley, Javon Wims, Isaiah Weston, uh, some of these guys like, again, Mike Woods, too, who are seeking their moment to shine to make the roster and it, and it's tough for Schwartz after the, the disappointing rookie season and needing to be getting himself back on track uh, back on track this year so um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that otherwise Kevin Stefanski answered a bevy of questions as he always does evaluation of uh, Jacoby Brissett he's he said specifically Jacoby's our backup quarterback putting all that to bed Sean's unavailable Jacoby's the guy he's the starter and they obviously like him you know he said we evaluated him before we brought him in here I think everybody saw a decision maker a big athlete and a person who can make all the throws I think that was exciting then just being around him being in the meeting rooms with him I think he has the ability to lead and the ability to understand defenses I've been very impressed and a reminder Brissett has done this before he took over for four games when Tom Brady dealt with the deflate game when the that Patriots situation, he took over some of those games when injuries uh, to Garoppolo and things of that nature happened. He played some games there. Um, 
You know, he, he took over twice for Andrew Luck when Andrew Luck uh, injury missed a season with an injury uh, right up to the preseason. That was nuts. And then he obviously decided to uh, um, retire and he had to start 2019 unexpectedly. And Stefanski noted guys will rotate like we always do. If you saw in the spring, we rotated to Sean and Jacoby as well. So that doesn't change. The truth is we have to get all those guys ready to play. It does not mean you divide the reps evenly exactly among four guys, but you have to get them ready to play, and we have a plan to use all of them at different times. We have a plan that we will use what information and when it becomes available about Deshaun, but certainly more information may adjust what we're doing. So that is uh, the nuts and bolts of some of the things surrounding you know, surrounding the, the quarterback position because I think it's important to discuss how those reps are being, uh, those reps are being split up. Uh, other notes, you know, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones continues to have nice, uh, nice camp so far. It's again nothing; just looks really comfortable. There's a nice amount of uh, comfort with Deshaun Watson. Uh, Amari Cooper, who is uh, asked about the uncertainty at quarterback, he said, "No matter who's back there, I got to make the job easier for whoever it is. As long as I handle my business, get open, it's easier for whoever's back there." It's funny. Cooper's interview is so <laughs> monotone, man. He is the Nick Chubb of wide receivers in terms of personality. He said he didn't even hear Jerry Jones' harsh comments about some of his availability concerns. But you know, Stefanski noted that he's low key. This is regarding Cooper. He's low key, smart as a player, smart as a as smart a player as I've ever been around. He's a pro's pro all the way. So Cooper was asked about, it was funny, there was actually a funny little note that he was asked about quarterbacks he's played with, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, what they have in common, and he just said that they all wear number four. So anyway, that's that's uh, that's about it for Amari Cooper. And then John Johnson just talking about Grant Delpit, how important Grant Delpit is to the team and how he's going to be an important part of the glue of the back half of the defense. I think that's important to understand is, the versatility that you maybe thought John Johnson was going to bring is what Grant Delpit is actually going to bring, and they're going to rely John to be on John to be a more deep portion of the field player. And I and I think he got he got better at that as the year wore on. I really do. Um, JOK um, continues to to be vocal about the Notre Dame Ohio State game looming uh, with his constant shouting of "Go Irish!" And he also noted that he did not want to switch to number six this year because he would have to buy out. That's what happens when you change your number. You have to buy out all the jerseys that are made. He'd have to buy out all those number 28s that have been printed, and he did not want to do that. And I don't blame him. He's on a rookie deal. Every dollar matters for those guys. And, um, you know, he doesn't want to buy all those 28s just to switch a number. Um, yeah, that's it. So, again, no full pads. This is going to be very light stuff. They're trying – none of this matters, man. Like, yeah, this matters in a sense, but get to week one. You know, we saw Ryan Jensen, the center for – Tampa Bay leave carted off serious knee injury. Speaking of which, JC Treader, come on down. That should be an easy signing for Tampa Bay. But like, that is it, man. Get to week one. You'll hear me. You hear me say it all the time. That's what you have to do. Get to week one. These things don't matter. Do what you can. But like these injuries that pop up and guys coming back from it, like it's not a big deal. As long as they're getting mental reps and they're ready to go, week one is all that matters. You're not going to get to week one and have something happened and you're like, man, if he was just there on day four of training camp, it would have made all the difference. No, you're doing this to get your body ready, to get everything you need ready mentally, physically for week one. There is a limit to how much you can miss, obviously, but do not panic over July snaps missed in practice. It will all work out, I promise you. That's about it for day two. I'll update you on day three before we release tomorrow's episode. If you guys are listening to this on a Friday, we had a Thursday night Twitch show of Ask the OBR with Andrew Spade, so we are going to get over to that right now. Always a great show with Andrew, about a half-hour show. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We'll get there right after a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy Thursday evening, everyone. Welcome to Ask the OBR for uh, July 28th. My name is Andrew Spade. Joining me tonight, Jake Burns. We are back for another week. And we're going to answer a bunch of your questions. Thanks for being with us. Hey, what's up, Andrew? How are you? I'm good, man. I just literally two hours ago walked back through my front door after uh, taking a trip up north. I was doing some some visiting of Lake Superior, uh, a little bit of cold water swimming, that sort of thing. Ate a lot of good food. Had a great time. Happy to be back and uh, trying to get caught up with everything that's gone on since I... Uh, since I took off, there wasn't a lot of cell phone service up there, so I was in the dark for most of my trip. What um, is the uh, what city do you go visit exactly? Well, we kind of made a we made a loop basically. So we went to Duluth first, and then went across oh. across the southern edge of Lake Superior. So uh, there's a town called Bayfield, Wisconsin, which is a little tourist town. It's a gorgeous mm-hmm. town. Uh, and then we dipped back down into the Northwoods area, went to Eagle River, and then uh, last night we were over in. On, actually on Lake Michigan, a town called Marinette, uh, which is like right on the uh, border of Wisconsin and the UP. So just a little bit north of Green Bay, drove back through Green Bay today. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a tour, but I like that kind of trip. You know, you see a lot of stuff and, 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 and get uh, kind of a, a taste of a lot of different areas all at once. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I mean, I've been up to Northern parts of Michigan um, that have been really nice. So yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's dope. It's it's always great this time of year. I mean, where we live is it's pretty much like Ohio. It's you know it's mid eighties, mid nineties that range, and it's humid. You mm-hmm. get up by the lake, and it's you know seventy two degrees and breezy. It's, boy, it's something else. So um, let's jump right in. I know uh, we're we're going to try and keep it to a tight half hour tonight. So uh, on the OBR today, we've got a great recap from Fred Greetham. Uh, he was at uh, training camp today and uh, broke that all down. Uh, we also have a, f- a fun article from Anthony Reinhardt, uh, which is VIP only, but looking at uh, how much we will see the starters and uh, how much each player can expect to play in the preseason kind of by year, uh, which I thought was pretty useful. Uh, and then looking back over the past few days, we've obviously had the newswire and uh, Jack Duffin has been doing a series on uh, the Browns cash spending by position, which has been really interesting to track. And Corey Kinnon is dropping some uh, 
early knowledge on the 2023 NFL draft as well. So uh, always, as always, a lot on the OBR to catch up on. And uh, we're really rolling now. We're second day of training camp. And, and it looks like we had a little bit of news today with Anthony Schwartz uh, walking off the field with a, a knee injury. I don't think that we've heard anything more on it other than that it, it happened and he's he missed the rest of practice. But let's start there. We had a question from Corey9378 in ATI. With David Bell still on uh, PUP and Schwartz uh, getting hurt today, do you think now they start to consider adding another wide receiver? It depends on the severity of what, you know, this is obvious here, but depends on the severity of what's going on with, yep. with, with Schwartz. Because if it's, if it's something serious, then yeah, I mean, you have to consider it because you're, you're, you're borderline, you know, keeping some guys you really didn't want to play all too much at the end of your, at the end of your wide receiver room. So I think they're pushing, they're pushing that quite a bit here. So yep. I think it's worth considering if Schwartz's knee is something that is so serious that it's going to linger around and to impact in the start of the season, then it's a discussion they need to have. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it ultimately leads to anything, but but to me, it's a discussion that needs to be had because you're looking at keeping like, you know, um, some of these UDFAs or Jamarcus Bradley right. is, as your fifth guy. So. Yep. I just don't. I don't love that personally. Uh, it, it, it's kind of thin as is uh, with with some of these guys, but um, yeah, I just I've been uh, uh, somebody really kind of backing them up in a sense with their mm-hmm. they're not making some of these wide receiver moves, but it does get to the point where it starts to become, especially when I think they're going to play more twelve and eleven personnel this year than they have in years past. It's yep. just like yeah, I think they should they should really consider. Uh, making some kind of play here for somebody who can that can see some serious snaps. Yeah, and, and you're, I think you're right. And some somebody that could contribute, uh, and which if they're going to do that, they need to be in sooner rather than later to develop chemistry with these guys. Yeah, so yeah, totally I think the, I, I think the next few days will be really interesting to watch in terms of this, uh, both for updates on Schwartz uh, uh, to see with the severity, uh, as you said, and and to see if they do make that move. Um, on the subject of wide receivers. Uh, Woobly in ATI wanted to know uh, who do you envision getting the majority of the slot snaps this year? Is there anybody? And then he's, so he's got a second question. Is there anybody on the roster that could be a Joe Jura vicious type? Boy, I haven't heard that name in a while. Um, I don't really know how to answer the Jura vicious type. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The slot feels like they're going to do it by committee. I think mm-hmm. they're going to uh, try to, to do some, some Njoku snaps in there. Some, some, um, Harrison Bryant. Uh, I think that they're going to try to put not Harrison Bryant necessarily, but I do envision them putting David Bell in there. I imagine they're going to run um, some Amari Cooper snaps in there and let some of the outside guys do their thing. Like I mm. think it's going to be a group thing here, but uh, I, I and again I just don't I don't think that there's one perfect player that's just going to be their slot guy all the time. Uh, and I think they get creative there out of twelve personnel and can, like I said, move David inside sometimes or put David out and move Amari inside because Amari Cooper can play the slot a little bit. You know, he's comfortable doing a lot of different alignments. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then, you know, there's some snaps there for for Demetric Felton possibly. There's a whole bunch of interesting answers here. So I'm not crisis-moding this thing, but they, yep. they definitely need some. And, and again, they, they could have some early good play out of some guys that, that they like and, and maybe the, somebody like Mike Woods or something of the sort turns mm-hmm. into uh, – something that they end up really liking. But for now, to me, it's like, I just, I feel a little uneasy about all of it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay, so we've got, I'm looking now thematically, we've got a lot of questions actually about the wide receiver room. So WW in ATI wants to know, uh, where does Jamarcus Bradley fit in the wide receiver room? Uh, he says he's got familiarity with the system, which is certainly true, and he has played in games for them and has showed up from time to time. Could he potentially be a depth option this year for the team? Yeah, I mean, his chance is bigger if Schwartz is out. He's been yep. around the team for two full seasons. So, yeah, I mean, I thought he's on the outside looking in on all of this and would need to be phenomenal in some of their uh, you know, work here in the training camp preseason. But, I mean, this is a chance for him. The door opens a little bit. Javon Wims, the uh, door opens a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Jakeem Grant getting more of those snaps, it opens a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's not um, it's not ideal uh, for, for you know, I, like I said, I've been kind of vocal here about I'd go out and get somebody else mm-hmm. uh, that you also wouldn't mind uh, being let go if it comes down to it, if something happens where Schwartz is back early. But, yeah, I mean, the, the guys like that uh, fringe types that we think are fighting for that fifth or sixth wide receiver role, the door opens for them a little. But, again, we have to see how – serious the schwartz injury is and all that stuff still too yep yeah it's as you said for a guy like bradley or these udfas there's a there's a few dominoes yet to fall that would put them in position but uh Mm -hmm. but you're right the door is more open than it was um uh on the topic of slot receivers i see a question um in in chat from uh greg swaney watching on youtube uh he asked about felton uh not making it as a running back, potentially uh, contributing in the slot. And Akoko in ATI had the same question. What is his his outlook for the season? Is he a Swiss Army knife for the team, or is he more of a practice squad player? Swiss Army knife. He can, no, I mean, I think Felton, given opportunities last year when he did get catches in, out of the slot or when he was given opportunities uh, on some on some quick screen stuff, like he performed, like he did, mm-hmm. he did well. So, I don't see the reason why people, so many people are counting him out. Like he, he needs to find a niche. I think there's a niche to be found for him. It, it's there, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like he can do a little bit of everything. If they needed him to be in the backfield, split back stuff, he could do it. If he needs to be in the slot, he can handle it. So he mm-hmm. can be a motion guy. He can be a high motion guy, flat motion guy. Like, there's a roster spot for him. So I, I'm not even considering him a guy that's not going to make it personally. Yeah, I I wanted to tee you up for that one because I know you've you've had some strong some tr- strong takes on Felton in in Slack the last few days. I wanted to give you the chance to share those. I I, agree I just with that's you. a player that a lot of teams in the NFL want. Like they yes. they they yeah. they want a guy like that mm-hmm. who seems like a really good guy too. So yep. I I don't know why there's this need to be like, oh, he doesn't have a clear cut position. Well, let yep. that it'll work itself out. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up on that after a year. That's so yep. weird to me. I I just can't get with that, especially given that he did make some really great plays. Like he flashed some really nice plays yep. last season. It's not like he was just dead in the water. I thought right. he was doing some decent things. So yeah. I, there's a role for him for sure. Yeah. I mean, in, in my opinion, he contributed more than Schwartz last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and I think in fewer snaps and, and, I also uh, am of the belief generally that this front office values that flexibility. So, uh, you know, it's, why would it's you hard. not? Like, yeah, I don't exactly. know a guy right. that can do a little, and he's not going to get running back snaps. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to see that with the depth they have at running back. Mm-hmm. But if he can be like, Hey, we're going to run this two back formation. We really like your ability to catch the football out of the backfield. We want to run some quirky RPO stuff. You're right. our second. If Jakeem Grant gets hurt, God forbid, you're our next guy <laughs> up on punt return, kick right. return. Like there, there's a clear role for him that is bouncing around doing different things and 15 to 20 snaps a game. Yep. So that's, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And I, 
I've been weirded out by some people that don't think that like there's a role for him. I, I yes. don't, I don't get that thinking. Yeah. So, okay. I like to sort of have policy positions for the show. A new one is this is a pro Demetric Felton show. So we're going to, we're going to yeah. put a stamp on that. Um, uh, another question uh, from Rex fortune in ask the insiders. He wanted to know, do you think that Johnny Stanton is in the mix as a, uh, as the third tight end noticed he was getting some reps with the tight ends today. It's possible. I, I don't I don't want to sit here and say they're trying to do that. They haven't been vocal about trying to do it. The mm-hmm. only evidence we have of him doing it was like a preseason game in Jacksonville, and I think he did a little bit of it against New York last year. Mm-hmm. It, it's possible. I don't know. I, I really don't know, and I don't want to speculate on it, but but could he do it? Maybe. Uh, I'm not totally convinced he could he could handle like all of the all of the responsibilities of that, but right. there's a there's a chance that that could be something they're considering. So mm-hmm. um you know, take that for what it's worth. I, I don't really know if that answers the question all too well, but yeah, but um, well, I think know. he's in the mix, right? I mean, I think yeah. him and Miller Forrestall have a probably the inside track, uh, unless they bring somebody else in off of the waiver wire. Yeah, cut. I continue to say, uh, a, a cut or a trade. Maybe mm-hmm. if they want to take from a position of strength and trade and get a tight end back that they like, mm-hmm. that can make some sense to me. But it does seem clear, as you mentioned earlier, they're going to be in a lot more 11 and 12, which uh, it doesn't eliminate the third position. You still want depth, but it, it lessens the importance compared to last year when they were in 13 quite a bit. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we had a question in, in chat about uh, if there were any observations on Perry and Winfrey. And uh, and then Mile High Dog in Ask the Insiders wanted to know what DTs are currently running with the ones. I haven't seen that. Have you seen that yet? I think it's been Elliot and Taven Bryan. Um, I've, I've heard that Perrion's been very active so far. Haven't heard. I mean, he's just been a great, they're not in pads. You don't really get an, a feel for your guys that matter on defense until they put pads on and they're, they're trying to stop people. So um, don't really have a ton of insights on that yet, but what I've heard is he looks good in indie drills and he seems to be doing okay uh, with that stuff. So um yeah, that's all we have for now. Check back when they go to pads on Tuesday, I believe. So right. then we'll have a better uh, feel for how he's playing over the next week or so. Yeah, so next week's show, we'll have a lot more of those sorts of practice insights, I would guess, based on the, the schedule that they've got for practice. Um, and w- while we're on the topic, uh, I noticed that they debuted those Guardian caps today. Do you have any, th- have, have any thoughts mm-hmm. on that? They're ugly. I'm sure every player <laughs> hates them. Um, but like... Uh, Mike Tomlin, who continues to just he's a great coach. You know, I yeah. don't, we don't like him because of where he coaches, but he's a great coach. And the, the safety matters, man. And 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 if you can protect people from snaps that don't really matter, snaps in the in the, um, you know, the practice snaps, they don't matter right. all too much. So if you can protect your guys and take away the severity, I think I saw that it can protect up to 20 percent more effective protection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, why wouldn't you want? your guys getting a little more protection there. So I'm yeah. all, I'm all about that. Did I hear right that they're going to wear them in the preseason games as well? I don't think they'll wear them in games. There's just okay. too much like the the there's they'll, they'll come off sometimes and they'll slip and slide a little bit. Okay. So I don't yeah, think I that's a that. thing. Okay. Uh, I I I have not seen that though one way or the other end. So I could be wrong on that, but I I don't think they will. Well, like I said, I've been <laughs> trying to rush to get caught up for this and so I was I was really doing a little bit of browsing before, so I may have misread something. Uh, let's move on to, uh, we had two questions that are sort of thematically linked. Uh, Tom Fool Reed uh, asked uh, the position group that you're most eager to see how it will shake out. And then Greg 1054. I, Andrew, I got you on this. So the Guardian Caps are going to be worn through the second preseason game. Meaning oh, okay. all practices, they'll wear them. 
Okay. Um, Got it. Then I, I don't think in season they'll force people to wear them. I Got guess it. I haven't read. I, this is just quickly what I'm seeing. Yeah. So no, I appreciate. We'll that. see them through that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then Greg ten fifty four wanted to know. Uh, he said he, it's a long question. He said before the season last year, it seemed like they had put together a, a pretty deep roster uh, with no obvious weaknesses other than special teams last year, uh, and then they improved that this off season. What would be your your sense of the areas of concern or weakness uh, positionally this year? We've already talked about the wide receivers and how the depth starts to look pretty uh, shallow, I guess, uh, after a few injuries. But position group you're most interested in seeing uh, through training camp and then uh, area of concern or weakness on the roster. Well, it's defensive tackle. And again, I've said this before, it might not even matter. The defensive tackle group, if they're just decent enough, it might not matter. But that's a position that I'm concerned about. Um, otherwise a third tight end is necessary. So you want to see that get a little bit cleared up. Can't really mention wide receiver, the question noted. So that's not really a, mm-hmm. a topic of, of concern. Yeah. Th- those are the biggest ones. I mean, yep. linebackers got a little back end depth issue where mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just need to see some performances, but not really. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't have a bunch of concerns. There. I mean, we need to see who's going to win that rotational defensive end situation is who's right. going to be your, next two guys up given a situation but yeah not not a ton to be concerned about there okay all right uh the other one that uh, greg mentioned was safety which i think it sounds like with with how high they are on they've been very public about their uh, excitement for grant delpit so far in training camp so Mm -hmm. i think they would they would probably say they're pretty comfortable with where they're at safety wise yeah, I think that they like those three safeties, and and you get LeCount moving a little bit. You get four. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. The fourth safety I think is going to be LeCount until it's not, and right. I'm not. You know, I'm not overly concerned about that at all. I, yep. I think he's going to he's going to take that role and kind of figure it out and be okay there. And you know, they got some guys that are UDFA's or late signings like a Luther Kirk who could be decent, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're worried about your fourth safety, come on. I mean, <laughs> nope, I agree. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. I mean, you can right. always find somebody on the waiver wire if you don't feel comfortable, right? At that point, right. yeah. And they have they have shown an ability to go out and get guys that have have filled in uh, from time to time. So yeah, you can't uh, you can't uh, worry about every you can't have a, a starter at every uh, fifty three. Yeah, they're just not going to solve everything, right? right. Like, you're right. going to have holes. Even the you know best, ro- I don't tell you, but the best rosters in the league have holes too. So, mm-hmm. um, it's just about managing it to right. the best of your ability, so it's not a big issue. And I think that they have done a pretty good job of doing that so far. But you know, a lot of it comes down to the quarterback, and maybe mm-hmm. I, th- I still think they could go sign a wide receiver. It would be prudent, in my opinion, this early to get somebody in the door. Yep, that's what we'll be watching over the next few days. Uh, we haven't talked any to Sean Watson yet. Um, there was a bunch of questions and asked the insiders about what's taking so long on the decision. I don't know if you have any desire to talk about that, Jake. I'm assuming you don't. Uh, because I don't know. I, none right, of us exactly. know. Right. No, we'll none just, of us know. Yeah. We'll just we'll figure yeah. it out when we figure it out, in, in right. my opinion. so feels, yeah. feels like it could be tomorrow. You know, the NFL likes to release news on Friday, but, you know, the judge isn't really on the NFL schedule. So it could be tomorrow, but it also could be next week and i you know it's clear that she's not in a hurry i think we've <laughs> we've established yeah. that at this point um 100 she's not in a hurry and yeah. why would she be i mean exactly. you know and, and it, it I, I don't know we'll just we'll just uh, the browns don't seem too concerned about it right. guys in camp don't seem too concerned about it they'll you'll learn it when you learn it control what you can control is the theory right and they go. can't control the announcement of that <laughs> sounds like the discussions they they listen 
nothing changes until week one. That's something we have to clear up. Kind of, kind of like important to understand. He's if he's suspended, he can still play in the preseason, so right. it doesn't matter. Right. He's going to go about now. Would you like it to be cleared up for the sake of getting snap counts right and practice and all that? Yeah, for sure. But nothing changes until week one. I think that's a large part of the NFL's view on this, and that's why she is like letting it draw out to see if they can come to a conclusion and not use her for a decision. Right. So. Yeah, like nothing changes until week one, and I'm sure there's going to be there's continuing ongoing discussion here. So we'll see what happens and, and deal with it when when the decision is finally announced. It could be it could be tomorrow. It could be yep. next week. It could right. who knows who knows man. <laughs> I I don't know. Could be right yep. before the game week one. Who for, uh, <laughs> yeah, she could walk out on the field Vince McMahon style. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Right it into the mic, the stadium PA. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I felt sure that it was going to happen while I was away. I know uh, our our uh, coworker Cody Sweck said he's taking a trip this weekend and he expects it to happen. You know, at this time of year, you're kind of just you're thinking it could be any moment. So uh, we're all you know, as as you said, we're all in a holding pattern until we hear. And there's kind of no point in speculating beyond that. Um, the one thing I will say is I I, I do want to you know I put a thread up and ask the insiders for those of you that aren't uh, members of the OBR. Uh, Please consider joining. First of all, uh, every day, every week for the show, I put a thread up and I solicit questions so that we have the, the great material. And I have to say, the response has been getting better and better every week. I'm thrilled with that. Thank you, everybody who's asked a question. I do want to answer this question because it was in that thread, and I, I, I feel like committed to answer the question. So, the question is: Why has there been so little reporting on the fact that one of the accusers requested a hundred thousand dollars from Deshaun Watson prior to filing her lawsuit? It was in the deposition. Um, and, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of this, but I do want to just address this in, in, in one way, which is I think that generally speaking, the, the people in sports reporting uh, world, you know, your Adam Schefter's, your Ian Rappaport's are not cut out to, they're not investigative journalists, right? They're, they're yeah. access journalists. So they talk to agents, agents give them scoops, and then they report them. Uh, the, the one person who has done investigative work on this, Jenny Vrentis, has has mostly investigated it from the perspective of the victims, which is laudable work, and, and she has done exhaustive investigations on this. But I do think that it is a fair question to ask why there has not been, you know, any investigative reporting on, you know, uh, the Houston Texans, for example, uh, and their role in this, as well as, you know, um, some of the, there has been some conversation around the validity of some of these accusations. And again, I'm not getting into casting aspersions one way or the other, but I would just say to answer Live 21's question, uh, the NFL and sports reporting in general is not really cut out for this sort of a story because it requires uh, investigation, which is not what sports journalists do for the most part. And I don't mean that as a criticism, it's just a reality of the business. And so I wanted to answer it. Um, and that's the best answer I have, Jake. If you, if you have any thoughts, you can weigh in. If not, we can move on. No, I have nothing to add to it. I, I think it's you, it's hard for people in this situation, and I say that and then I'm going to add to it. Uh, it's hard for people <laughs> in this situation to take the stance of saying, well, actually, on Deshaun Watson's behalf. Like right. it's just it's it's you're gonna yeah, take you're gonna take you don't a ton of do public scrutiny. <laughs> it's not it's not worth it. It's not right. worth my time. Yeah. Like the, the, the situation with Watson will when when there's a uh, judge on hand, somebody who who's very evidence based. You have to trust that that's going to work itself in the right direction. Otherwise, yep. I have I have nothing else to add to that. Yep. So, yep. if it was just public opinion, he would not play in the NFL again, according to a lot of people. So yep. he he will though. It'll it'll right. eventually he'll find the field again. Yep, I think that's a great 
place to leave it. Uh, okay, um, so let's let's move on to some more. Uh, so these are general Ask the Insiders questions that have come up over the past week. Is there a possibility that the Browns and Kareem Hunt can negotiate another extension? Possible, yeah. Likely, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I don't see that one happening. Unless it's super team-friendly, which is possible. Right. Kareem could just be like, I want to stay here and give me this amount. Can we work that out? Can we find a way to get there? You know, yeah. that that to me is is uh is possible but i i think it remains unlikely that that happens Mm -hmm. i agree with that i think what you said about him potentially signing another very team-friendly extension is also possible because of who he is as a person and the the arc of his career uh i think he's found success here and and uh community here and you know that might matter to him more than it might matter to some other players because yeah i think three yeah three years ago he thought his career was going to a different place right and it didn't go that way. He made a really tough mistake and he has found safety with the Browns. He's found mm-hmm. comfortability here and I don't think he'll overlook that. And, um, you know, I know some people didn't want that to, to happen and, you know, totally get it, but he's found it here and he's been pretty, uh, pretty good here in the community doing what they've asked of him and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope it can work out and he can stick around and, and he loves it in Cleveland and it seems like the organization is, uh, found a good reclamation there, in my opinion. Agreed. Uh, okay, two questions on running quarterbacks. Uh, Rich and Ask the Insiders wants to know, is Deshaun Watson a running quarterback? And then uh, Kalskins14 wants to know, are you a little nervous about having a quarterback with more mobility and the, yeah. the potential for injury risk? He's not a runner. He's an extender. He can mm-hmm. run. They can design runs for him. He can do... He can do some things in like read option game or RPO stuff where um, they want to get creative with him. Like they can do some of that stuff, but he's not a runner. He's not a tuck the tail and run guy quickly. Like that's not who he is. So I'm not worried about that. He is a pocket quarterback first and foremost, but he's been gifted with the ability to extend plays with his legs. And that is the extent of his desire to run. He will run to get a third and four. He will run when teams give him the ability to bust out of the pocket and run, but he's not looking to run. He is a pocket quarterback through and through, and he's very good pocket feel. So that right. that I am not worried about that at all. Okay, and and injury is not a thing that that makes you nervous about somebody that that moves more like him. Mm, I mean, he has two ACL issues. He had an right. ACL his rookie year and an ACL in high school, but not really. No, not I'm not overly concerned about that for him. So yeah. nah, I mean, I mean. Not uh, above and beyond, no. Yeah, and you watched, you've watched all of his snaps in the NFL, and it, I, I've watched, I think, most of his games. And and the one thing he's got a little bit of that Lamar Jackson quality of he doesn't ever seem to take huge hits. You know, he, he yeah. seems to know how to get out of bounds, know how to get down, know how to take an angle. You know, those sorts of things, and I, I think that actually matters. You know, I do too. He he really doesn't take many hard hits. That that's yeah. a great point. He knows how to protect his body when he is moving outside of the pocket and uh, is forced to run. He's a very slide-friendly quarterback. He understands people around him, bodies around him, and I think he's done a nice job with it. Again, the ACL injury he had was a freak in-drill pocket. Uh, was um, He was in a, a, an individual period. Just It was kind of like Grant Delpit, where Delpit yep. just went up, jumped, and caught a ball in Indy. It's the same thing. It was just a really freak, weird injury. So uh, I don't I don't think he's he's gotten really injured from – something that happened uh, in practice, like in a game that he's just not protected himself or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is a, this is a little bit of a, uh, so basically this, this commenter Cleveland 2020 
wants us to sort of compare the Rams wide receivers to the Browns wide receivers. And so his pitch is uh, David Bell sort of plays the Cooper Cup as the large slot role. Amari Cooper is the Robert Woods uh, or Odell type. And then DPJ is your Van Jefferson type, uh, which I think, I mean, my first reaction is that seems to be giving David Bell an awful lot of credit comparing him to the triple crown, crown winner. But yeah. other than that, I think that as far as a scheme, I think is maybe the question. Um, it, it, does that make any sense to you? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, sure. Oh, <laughs> no, man. I think we, uh, I get what you're saying, but like the gap between the talent of some of those guys is pretty yeah. broad. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I totally align with that. Like, uh, it, it's tough, tough to, uh, yeah. tough to feel great about. I get what you're saying. The archetypes kind of make sense, but you're right. calling David Bella, uh, you know, Cooper cup is, is different <laughs> and he's just, he's built different. So, um, yeah. but I get, I get the point of what you're yeah. saying. It's not a right. reach there, but yeah. um, and the I, production to, to isn't going to gonna be the same. Yeah. To be fair to the question asker, uh, it was really more about that that he he was listening to the the Sharp Angles podcast, I guess, and they were saying that that teams have been kind of copying the Rams' wide receiver structure, and so maybe that's what some of what the Browns have been doing here, which I think is, you know, it's it's I, certainly, I mean, it, they as Jake said earlier, they're looking to go to more eleven personnel, which is what the Rams sort of made famous, right? So uh, there there will be some overlap that wasn't there last year, I think. Yeah, there will be, no doubt about it. Okay, um, I want to, uh, We've in, in the comments, we've had a few questions, people joining us since we talked at the beginning. We don't have an update on the Schwartz injury. Um, I will say we have heard that it is not minimal. It is not, I've yeah. heard that it is not, Okay. there could be some severity to it, put it that that's, way. That's a little bit of a scoop here for, for folks uh, on the show. Um, yeah, so so we don't know for sure, and uh, we, we talked off the top about uh, the potential for, you know, now between Bell being on PUP and Schwartz, there's the potential of them signing a replacement. It's something that we'll be watching over the next few days uh, with interest. Uh, and so, uh, you know, as far as the Will Fuller questions I'm seeing and, you know, the health of, uh, of Schwartz, uh, whether or not uh, Isaiah Weston's getting more touches, it's too early to tell all that stuff. Just put it under the category of we will watch that tomorrow. And I think through the weekend with a lot of interest. So uh, we are going to follow, finish with uh, a fun one. Uh, it's still Browns related, but uh, Tiffin Dog eighty eight and Ask the Insiders wants to know which defender would love to absolutely drill Baker the most in Week One. Ooh, that's a that's a <laughs> tough question. Um, <laughs> boy, I don't really know. I don't know how a lot of those guys felt. I I I I mean, it feels like maybe maybe Clowney. I don't know. It feels like Clowney was ready to be, he was ready to be done with the Browns and then like, Oh, Hey, Watson signing. So actually yeah. I'm going to come back. So I love Cleveland. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think miles disliked Baker. I think mm. that there's, there's probably Clowney is my best guess. It's just a guess though. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, he's not going to get a chance probably, but John Johnson, I think would be another one. They, it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty clear that they had, you know, something, uh, I don't want to report anything, but they, you know, there was, some animosity there. So I wouldn't be surprised by that, but uh, there could also be, you know, could be somebody you never expect. Uh, so uh, w- it certainly will be worth watching week one. Uh, <laughs> and the follow-up question was, do you think there's an offensive player that wouldn't mind uh, getting a shot at him? Uh, which I, it obviously isn't going to happen, but uh, I, I think I, that player is no longer with the organization. Put it that way. I think that's the right answer. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, we said off the top, we wanted to keep it to a half hour, right at a half hour. Uh, thank you so much to everybody for joining us. Thank you. 
even more to all of uh, you that submitted questions. We will do this again next Thursday, and we'll have a lot more training camp info by then. So ask all of your uh, uh, hard questions that drive Jake crazy about who's playing third string, you know, safety and all those sorts of – get those ready for next Thursday. We're going to have all that broken down for you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will see you next Thursday here on Ask the OBR. See you guys. Go Browns. Go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.